The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We know that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. So today is an opportunity for you to make a difference. Can you do that? Can you find a way to make a positive difference in your world today? And can you make a change inside yourself that carries ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond? You know that no matter what it is that you do, no matter how small or big the change is that you make inside of yourself, it will reverberate through the lives of the people around you. So for this hour, I want you really paying attention. You are co-creator in the world that you live in. So if there's something you want to change, how can you change it? And how does this information apply within you? Not to your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker. Just you. You can share information with other people, but ultimately, you are the only person that you can really change, and you are the person you are responsible for. You are the person that can truly make a difference. I know you are busy, and I am busy. We are all very busy. We like busy, don't we? Yeah, I specialize in busy. But sometimes busy means distracted. And distractions lead us away from the things that are the most important to us. So are you taking for granted the people in your life and the actions that you take that are most important to you? Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter? I want you to reflect on the choices that you make in your world. When you decide how you're going to spend your time, do you consider the impact that that decision has? How do you touch the lives of the people that you meet? Do you create sunshine wherever you are? This is a rainy morning where I am in this part of the world, so I am creating sunshine all by myself. Well, okay, the cats are helping. What are the things that you are grateful for? What are the blessings in your life? You know, I was blessed this weekend to have a cold Saturday afternoon while I was visiting my mother, and also the time to prepare a wonderful meal and to bake my favorite chocolate zucchini tea bread that I could share with my friends. That, that moment of time, so much a blessing for me. 
And this week I've also had a little extra time in the evenings. And I have a chair that I'm preparing for a class that I'm taking next week. And I was able to prepare that chair. That is truly a blessing. And the people in my life, the people that have presented this week, clients, friends, acquaintances, who remind me, sometimes through my own words, to be calm, to trust that all is well, and to have faith that we are always cared for. This morning, we do have a very important guest. I want to give you a little bit of the background story before I introduce her. On April 7th, former missionary Jerry Krause disappeared on a routine flight from South Africa to Mali, West Africa. About halfway through his flight plan, he was supposed to land on an island called Salatome. The air traffic controller reported that when Jerry was nine nautical miles from landing, all contact was lost. Search crews by sea and plane were sent to look for Jerry. Rewards were posted on the island, and the family sent someone to Sao Tome to investigate the disappearance. But after weeks of searching, there was no proof of either a plane crash or a hijacking. Jerry's family believes that God has called them to pray fervently and expect him to answer. And as they obey his call in their lives, they are anxiously awaiting the day that Jerry is returned to them. This morning, we have Jerry's daughter, Jessica Krause, on the line with us. Good morning, Jessica. How are you? Good morning, Mary Beth. I'm doing pretty good. Good. Well, Jessica, give us a little bit of background to the place before this story began. Um, your parents were missionaries in Africa for many years, weren't they? Yes, my parents have been missionaries for, I think it's about 25, 30 years now. Um, in the last 15 years, they've been living in Mali, West Africa, which is the final destination of my dad's flight. Mm-hmm. And, and Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Just keep going. Uh, my dad uh, is a pilot, and so he's been running an aviation company in Mali. And then my mom's been a teacher at an international school there. Mm-hmm. And so the the missionary event, I mean, the, the things that they were doing um, kind of ended. Um, yeah, that's correct. Um, my senior year of high school, uh, our mission, uh, our mission organization ended up leaving Mali. Um, my parents were working for a mission aviation fellowship, but that company ended up leaving Mali and my parents felt like they were called to stay in Mali. And so they ended up um, well, my dad ended up getting hired to just keep running the airline company there. And mm-hmm. so they ended up staying. Okay. And what do they do? What does that airline company do? Um, it primarily, uh, well, it's a charter airline company. And so uh, different businesses end up hiring um, my dad's or the company's airplanes and they have, I mean, a good, like, 20 pilots that end up flying the planes for these companies. Mm-hmm. And so it can be, I mean, oil companies, gold companies. They do medevacs. I mean, all sorts of of different flights. And they're essentially the only thing there, right? I mean, there's not, like, a lot of competition with charter companies or other ways of getting flights. Uh, yeah, not really. I mean, there's a couple smaller companies Mm-hmm. But over the years, um, like my dad's company has gotten very large in its 
I mean, the biggest airline company in that area of Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, um, it's my understanding your mom is back home, isn't she? Or- yeah, we ended up moving her. Um, I think it was back in the beginning of May uh, mm-hmm. to Huntington, Indiana, which is where my sister and I go to college, and it's also close to her family. And mm-hmm. so I actually live with her as mm-hmm. a semester of college. Mm-hmm. Great. So tell us the story then of what happened. What was Jerry doing and what happened? Uh, well, back in April, um, well, before this, I mean, before April 7th when my dad actually disappeared, all of us kids and a couple family members ended up getting an email from my dad where he told us that he was going to be taking this flight uh, from South Africa to Mali, um, and he told us to pray for him, which I remember when I read that email, I was just a little surprised because he doesn't normally ask us to pray for a particular flight. Um, and so, I mean, I ended up praying for him, but it was just kind of ironic because, I mean, this ended up being the flight uh, where he disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, so then on, yeah, on April 7th, he was, I mean, flying from South Africa to Mali when, um, well, he ended up landing, he made it to Namibia, and then on his way from Namibia to Sao Tome, uh, I mean, we people ended up losing contact with him. We didn't really know any of the details at the time. Mm-hmm. And actually, my mom um, and the organization that my dad works for didn't even know that he disappeared until like a day later. And the only reason we ended up knowing that he disappeared was because, I mean, my mom started getting really worried when, you know, he didn't arrive home that evening. He wasn't there Sunday morning. And so she ended up calling a bunch of people trying to, I mean, trying to locate my dad. And then it took, you know, like, I mean, a bunch of pilots ended up going over to my house and uh, everyone was calling people trying to figure out what happened. And then we finally got news that, I mean, all contact ended up being lost when he was, I mean, they said nine nautical miles. It changed. I mean, the number changed a little bit Mm -hmm. from like 40. And I mean, it was all a bunch of a confusion. So, yeah, I mean, contact was lost. We had to. I mean, we really didn't get any details um, unless we, like, fought for them. And so we had to call, like, a bunch of people trying to get, as you know, anything we could, and it really was just a mess. Mm-hmm. And have you been able to add in details since then? Or, I mean, one of the, the yeah. things that I sense is that while you have details, um, there's no um, – there's no feeling or no sense of security that any of the details you have are accurate. Yeah. I mean, that's completely true. So, I mean, we got, we got information. We, you know, had to send someone to South Tome to get us information, but the information we have, it's just hard to know how reliable it is. I mean, just because of how long it took for anyone to tell us anything um, and just how, you know, different parts of the story kept changing and so, I mean, it's hard, you know, if if the story keeps changing, then obviously something, you know, something isn't adding up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I have, you know, a whole document of different details about the flight, but, yeah, I'm not really sure which to believe. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that was most significant was the search that happened 
um, after he disappeared. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, we had um, we are the guy who owns the company ended up hiring some people in South Tome to, I mean, search for him by plane, and we hired the Coast Guard as well to search for him by boat. Uh, and both, I mean, both of those searches ended up coming out with nothing in that, you know, there's no evidence of a plane crash. Um, and I mean, no one ever reported, you know, seeing plane parts or, you know, hearing anything of that sort. And so, I mean, it just left it with even more questions, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there should have been, if the plane had crashed, there should have been some kind of debris. Yeah, it's really hard to say. Um, I mean, because he was only nine nautical miles out, uh, you would, I mean, you would guess that parts of the plane would end up coming on the shore. There's like a very small probability that if the current was, you know, just in the right, flowing the right direction, that it could have, you know, swerved and missed uh, the island and even the main coast. Um but then we should have seen like some floating debris or something that would have, you know, gone on uh, in the ocean. And we had people searching even just on, you know, on the top of the water, but still mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the emergency beacon? Yeah, and that never went off. Um, we had, I mean, even for a couple of weeks after, uh, we were uh, talking to the company that's in charge of those emergency beacons hoping, you know, that something would end up going off even, you know, if he was kidnapped or something, but none of them ever went off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, what was your sense at the time as you, you know, in those early days, what was your sense about what was happening and how did you frame that so that you could kind of move through it? Uh, well, the first the first day I heard from my mom, I mean, she, I specifically remember I was chatting with her on Skype and she told me, asked me if I had, you know, heard anything from my dad and that she hadn't either. And so she was getting really nervous and that kind of stuff. And when I first heard it, I was like, Oh, you know, it's not a big deal. He's going to come back. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I thought, okay, he probably, you know, lost his radio or something. And, um, but then, you know, as time kept going, of course, it made, you know, all of us more and more nervous. Um, I mean, I, I would have never pictured that, you know, six and a half months later, we're still trying to find him. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It just, yeah, it just got more and more nerve wracking as time kept going. Mm -hmm. And you actually traveled there, didn't you, to kind of facilitate some part of the search? Yeah, I mean, one of the unfortunate things about this whole situation um, is just that there really, like, wasn't anyone to take on the search effort for us. Um, like, the first week, so from, like, April 7th to 13th, it was actually my mom who's kind of leading everything, mm -hmm. uh, just trying to, you know, find his whereabouts and stuff. And so me and my brother and sister ended up getting together and just deciding that one of us needed to go to Mali and just kind of take over that responsibility from my mom. Um, and so, I mean, through prayer and talking, we decided that it would be best if I went. And so I ended up spending about three weeks in Mali. Um, and I'd say like one and a half of those weeks were spent, I mean, fully <laughs> diving into investigating the whereabouts of my dad. Mm -hmm. 
So, and did you get any assistance from government agencies, the embassy, anyone like that? Yeah, I mean, it was just really just kind of a complicated matter in that there's a lot of problems with, you know, who had like jurisdiction over searching for my dad. Obviously, this um, happened in, you know, multiple different countries. And so there are multiple different countries who then had to kind of fight over who, you know, who was responsible to search for him and that kind of thing. And so that just took, I mean, I would say it took like a good month before anyone, you know, took claim of, you know, the problem. And so then we didn't really, we didn't really have help from, you know, any specific government uh, until then. And even after then, it wasn't anything special. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just a lot of like, I mean, political jargon that we ended up, you know, getting in response to the help that we wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's still pretty much the case, isn't it? You're you're pretty much just kind of pushing this through yourselves. Yeah. Okay. So there's not you you don't have any kind of official advocate to help you with this. No, not really. Okay. And you know there there is beyond what. Um, kind of the physical details of this, there's also, um, I'm, I'm thinking of the kind of support that you have generated in spite of the fact that you don't have any government authority or, or a particular country that's kind of taken this on. You know, you've really been incredible in how you found information. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I mean, we've had a lot of support from just, I mean, my parents know a lot of missionaries and there's been so many people who, you know, who don't even know my family and who've been, I mean, just willing to support us in, you know, any way they can. And so for that, I mean, we're just extremely grateful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, we're very close to taking a break and I don't want to like open a big topic here, but you know, this story is, is not only about kind of the, the, the physical story, but also about the faith story. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it goes back to, I guess the, the biggest step that happened was, uh, back in, uh, I guess it was probably like the first weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at a point where the investigator we sent to Sao Tome ended up, well, I was constantly asking him, uh, like his percentage on how much he thought my dad was dead and how much he thought he was still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got to a point where he said, you know, he was 99% sure that my dad was dead. Um, and so, I mean, I guess after that, uh, I mean, we, I ended up calling my family and telling them, uh, that we thought my dad was dead. Um, and then the next day we had people come and share dreams with us. And that's kind of when the whole faith and trusting in God that my dad was still alive really started. Okay. Jessica, we're going to stop right there. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about that powerful moment. Sounds good. Okay. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned.
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Jessica Krause. She is the daughter of American missionary Jerry Krause, whose plane went missing on an African ferry flight on Sunday, April 7th. And Jessica, you were, you were just at the moment of telling us that, um, an official had suggested to you that he was pretty sure that your dad was dead. And the family came together. And then what happened? Yeah, so I mean, it was a, I specifically remember it was a Friday night. We called up our family and told them that, I mean, we thought my dad uh, was dead, and so we were going to start taking steps in that direction. Um, and so then Saturday morning comes around, and I mean, it was like 9 a.m., and one of our, one of my dad's close Somalian friends came over, and he came, and he was just like crying, and he told us, you know, about this dream he had had, uh, where he said an angel had come to him and told him that my dad was still alive. Uh, that my dad would be suffering, uh, but that my dad uh, would eventually come home. And so at that point, um, you know, my mom and I, you know, he left. My mom and I weren't really sure what to do with the information. Um, but then, like only a couple hours later, uh, someone else contacted us and told us also about a dream they had had. Uh, this person said that, I mean, my dad... Or they felt, you know, they woke up and they're just shivering in the night. And um, they're wondering, you know, why am I cold? And then they said that God told them that this is how Jerry is feeling. That, you know, he's shivering because, you know, he's freezing wherever he's at. Um, and then a couple hours later, we had another person share another dream that they had had uh, about my dad still being alive. 
And so I remember at the, you know, the evening, after we had had three people come to us sharing these dreams, I mean, my mom and I just kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, I guess, you know, I guess we got to change our minds, you know. Uh (laughs) Uh, We definitely felt like this was a clear sign from God uh, that we were going to have to step out in faith and trust that my dad, you know, is still alive. And so we pretty much took a 180 and, I mean, haven't looked back since. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know you have um, you have a couple of places where you update. You have followers on Facebook, and also you have a website. Yeah, there's a I mean a Find Jerry page on Facebook, and then www.findjerry.com. I'm online. Are both places that I mean we started using as like a tool for different resources we needed in the beginning, but now. I mean, it's turned to more of a blog, just updating people on how they can pray mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed on there many times since the that first day when three people, all unrelated to each other, came to you <laughs> with yeah. with dreams or or information that they had received um, from within. Um, I've noticed that there's been many of those. Yeah, I mean, since then, I don't have, like, a count, but I would say we have had, like, a good 30 to 40 people who've shared different dreams they've had of my dad uh, still being alive. And then that doesn't include all the people we have who've said that they've woken up at, like, 3 a.m. and just felt like God was leading them to pray for my dad. And it's pretty crazy because it's not, like, always the same thing that people are praying for. I mean, sometimes, like, people will share, oh, I felt like, God was calling me to pray for him to find some food today or to pray for him to, you know, open his mouth and evangelize. And so, I mean, it's all, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that makes it all the more powerful. That oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and kind of moving forward a little bit to um, just in the last couple of weeks, there's been... A piece of information in the news that um, puts a lot of of question now in in all of our minds. I think that have been following it as to um, a, a very plausible explanation as to how Jerry could still be alive. Yeah, I mean, I guess a week and a half ago we got we found a news article, or someone shared actually a news article with us about these two boats that ended up being illegally held in Sao Tome and the captains were uh, thrown into prison for false accusations. Uh, And I mean, in the news article, it shared about how the Coast Guard was involved in keeping or in luring the ships um, to the coast of Sao Tome. This is the Sao Tome Coast Guard. Yep, the Sao Tome Coast Guard. And that is the Coast Guard that we, I mean, tried to get to search for my dad. Um, it actually took a lot of pushing to even get them to search for my dad, even though, I mean, it was their duty to do so. So, I mean, that just kind of made us question, you know, their integrity and what they had to do with anything. So, mm-hmm. And so in, in that story, um, the ship captains have have been released from prison. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. And 
how did that come about? Do you know enough of the details to share that? I think it ended up being, I mean, I think the the company, Stena Oil, has been working for a while trying to get them released. So I'm not sure on, like, the specifics of who ended up stepping in to actually finally get it released. But, yeah, I think it was, I mean, the company who's been fighting for it. Mm-hmm. And you have made an attempt to get in touch with those ship captains, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I contacted Stena Oil last week, um, and they have a very, very nice staff who were super nice to me in getting me information, um, and they ended up contacting the captains for me. And so I got an email from one of them sharing that uh, the captains were the only uh, two like international people in the in the prison and that they hadn't heard anything about my dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which doesn't mean anything other than they didn't see him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the, the faith journey that has been a part of this whole story and, and really the more powerful part of the story. Yeah. So, I mean, back when we decided to, you know, take a, a leap of faith and start trusting in God, um, to, I mean, trusting in God that my dad was still alive. Um, I mean, we've just had like a lot of support of people just continually praying for my dad in this situation. Uh, the Find Jerry Facebook page, it's kind of funny because it was it was actually something I didn't want to happen. Uh, my cousin from California was the one who suggested the idea, and me and my sister actually kind of fought against it. Um, lo and behold, it has been, I mean, a miracle worker in that the amount of people we have, you know, following it and the amount of people we have praying is just incredible. And I think it's just been a, a great demonstration to my family of, you know, how God is using this situation beyond just us. Uh, so back during the searching times, I mean, we had a good, I'd say anywhere between 50,000 to 100,000 people uh, who would be reading about the updates, which is just kind of in- insane when you actually think about it. Um, and so since then, I mean, it kind of varies uh, depending on, you know, what the update is. But I'd say it's pretty consistently every update. And this is, you know, six and a half months later. We still have like a good 15,000 people who read every update, which, I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> and so I think, I think that's just been, you know, a huge, powerful witness to, I mean, just my family even, of how, you know, God is using this situation to, um, you know, have people praying for my dad and also just, you know, in ways that we couldn't, we couldn't have ever imagined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it hasn't been without struggle. I mean, you're human. Your family yeah. is human. And so tell us about that. Tell us about how the, the kind of the ups and downs. I mean, it is a complete up and down journey. Um, you know, I'd say for the most part, you know, the past couple months, I mean, my family, most days we're, we're doing pretty good and, you know, believing and trusting um, that God is going to, you know, bring my dad home. I think the hardest part is the when. (laughs) Um, And so, I mean, sometimes it just gets, you know, kind of long and 
we get impatient. Um, and it's, of course, I would say hardest on my mom. Um, and so, I mean, there are, are days that, you know, we cry a lot more or we just, you know, doubt a little more of when, you know, my dad is actually going to come home and just, you know, every time we try to search for something and we still don't get anything, we have to continually, you know, remind ourselves that God has promised that my dad is going to come home. So we just have to, you know, keep praying and keep trusting that 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 will happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I n- noticed your your mother is very quiet. Um, she my my sense of her and not having met her, but my sense of her is that um, she likes to do her work um, without being noticed. Um, and I, I just had that sense of her as she, as a missionary, that she just put her head down, followed, followed the guidance of God, and did, did the work. And I, I noticed she doesn't, when she posts, she doesn't want to call attention to herself. <laughs> and yet she so beautifully expresses um, her faith, her doubts and her faith. Which, yeah. um, it, you know, it's a, it's just a, a lovely way that she writes. Um, and, and, you know, I just, I, I just love her post when she comes on. Yeah. My mom, I mean, I'd say before this, you know, my dad was the backbone of the family, but during this situation, my mom has definitely been, uh, the backbone and just, you know, her faith with God. And I mean, she is a, a prayer warrior for sure. Um, my mom is constantly praying for my dad and she, uh, has, you know, a lot of experience with spiritual warfare. And I mean, this, this situation, we've had so many, so many paths that just end up being blocked that it really feels like that. I mean, Satan has a hold in the area wherever my dad is. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, my mom's been teaching all of us a lot about, you know, praying against those holds and, yeah, I mean, she really has an incredible faith, and I, I think God chose the right lady uh, <laughs> to have her husband go missing, as as bad as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how does that? You know, I, I, I'm not sure you get feedback, but but have you noticed that in response to this, other people are are learning or deepening their faith? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think our situation has been, I mean, just like a, a different situation that people don't really expect to happen um, nowadays. You know, like we're, we're trusting um, in something that we don't have any, any material evidence for. And, you know, it's, we're taking a leap of faith that I don't, I don't think, you know, you see that often. Um, and just trusting that God will perform a miracle, um, in our lives, you know, this year, you know, not, uh, it's not something that just happens in the old Testament. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, another, so not only like the faith aspect, but even just like the prayer aspect and, you know, what it means to have, you know, a community of believers all praying for, you know, one cause and just the power of prayer and, the power of, you know, thousands of people lifting up my dad in this, this place, you know, it's not, 
those prayers aren't going to go unheard. Um, we're just waiting for the time that, you know, God, God shows us how, how they're being used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jessica, sometimes on this show, we, um, we talk about things in terms of vibration or, um, or, you know, measurable effect. And I, I don't know if you know this, but when people pray together, at the same time for the same cause, it actually causes a vibrational shift in the earth and that's measurable. It has been measured. And so, you know, what, uh, what people who have prayed have known all along has been validated by science, I guess is my point. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> yes, isn't it? Um, so I, I'm just thinking in terms of additional support. For you, for your family, for Jerry, um, what would you ask for? I mean, I really think the biggest thing um, has just been everyone praying. You know, like, I mean, for a while we had people helping financially, but we raised enough money for that um, to uh, to pay for you know the different the different searches we did um, have happen. Now, I mean, we don't really have different areas we are searching, so we don't really need any more financial support. Um, but I'd say, yeah, prayer is just the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And information. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, if any, if anyone has information, um, you know, about the whereabouts of my dad, I mean, of course, that's going to be beneficial. I mean, we have... We really don't know which country he's in. Um, we don't know if he landed in Sao Tome and then was flown somewhere else. We don't know if someone hijacked the plane on his way to Sao Tome and took him somewhere else. Um, and so our, you know, the countries we're looking at, is it's quite broad. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really any information. Mm-hmm. And that, um, that part of the world works a little differently than what our minds understand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the corruption and, I mean, it's, it's a lot different than here, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my my next question is, is just about, again, that, um, that faith journey. As you have, um, have, as you have come along this path and you've, seen just little evidence um what has that um i guess what has that done for you and i'm actually gonna have you not answer that question because we do need to take a break but i want you to kind of think through that as we come back because i um i I think this has a, a very powerful impact in many ways sounds good all right so you're listening to the voice america variety channel stay tuned Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. 
You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest has been Jessica Krause. She is the daughter of American missionary Jerry Krause, whose plane went missing in April. And Jessica has shared with us the the powerful story, both of their the family's attempts for search, but also more powerfully that faith journey that has led them to continue to pray for Jerry's return and the the subtle confirmations that they get that Jerry may still be alive. So, Jessica, I asked you right before the break to um, to kind of reflect and share with us kind of the the changes you felt within yourself in this time in your faith journey. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think I'll ever be the same person. Uh, that's for sure. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of different lessons I've learned throughout this. Um, I mean, starting in the beginning, I guess one of the biggest lessons I had to learn was that there's a lot of situations that are hap- going to happen that are going to be completely um, out of my control. And, you know, when those situations happen, you know, it's up to up to me to decide how I'm going to react um, to, you know, whatever whatever situation comes my way. And it isn't just like a, I mean, this journey has kind of been drawn out. And so it's not just like a reaction when when that specific event happens, but also, you know, learning to, you know, figure out how to trust in God every day uh, since then. Um, I think I've been learning a lot about, you know, how God, you know, God is continually working and, you know, providing for us on like a daily level. Um, I, I just never felt, I guess, so intimate with God as I have the last couple months where anytime, you know, like my family is going through like a period of doubt or a period of just, you know, sadness, uh, God provides, you know, some way of encouragement to us. And I mean, it's, it's just incredible in how he works in each of us, like in, in different ways. Um, like my mom, you know, he's continually giving her the dreams, which, 
she actually hasn't had a dream herself, but she just gets like so much hope from, you know, any dream that comes her way. Uh, and just like, you know, God, God knows our needs and God knows, you know, how we best respond to things. And I think, you know, he's been providing for each of us in those ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as, as I've followed this story and just been so inspired by, um, by the struggle and the trust, I, you know, I, that for me is probably what is most inspiring is to, is to see in your writing and your mom's writing that, you know, you allow yourselves to be human and to have those human emotions and to move forward and to trust and to have faith and to receive the messages that are put in front of you. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely something I've been learning is to just be honest and open with God and how I feel. And, you know, I can't hide anything from him. And so I might as well just come straight to him with the problem, you know, Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I would say my mom exemplifies that, I mean, way more than, you know, I do and how she, how she talks to God and how she, you know, requests specific things. Um, yeah, I mean, she's, she would be my, you know, example for how to just be open with God. And yet, you know, even when we complain or are in distress, yet still trusting God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very, very important message for anyone who's listening. You can be both. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can be in distress and still trust God. You can, you, you know, you can be human with all of the range of human emotions that we've been given, that we're supposed to have, and still have faith. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, back to this actual search for Jerry. Um, you know, I, I think it's very important that we kind of state out loud that someone knows something. We don't know yet how to connect to the people that have information, but someone somewhere does. Yeah. I mean, I think people are often scared to share information with us because they, you know, don't want to get our hopes up. But... You know, we're not we're not going to get anywhere without without people contacting us. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it it might be something simple. It might be a small piece. It might not be an answer, but it might be something that gives you a direction to go. And I think that's you know that, that's kind of one of the lessons that that I kind of saw with that news story. Yeah, that the news story one gave you a plausible explanation of how it could be that Jerry's plane has just seemingly vanished into thin air and also that he could be alive. I mean, you know, it gave you something that was tangible and this could happen. And then it gave you a direction to ask more questions. It, you know, it gave you a, a way to push and to enter in. And I, I think that's very, very important. This, um, you know, this program is heard globally. Um, so, when uh, the support that you need as a family is both in prayer, um, but also in just pieces of information, in 
talking about the story to people who don't know about the story until someone says, oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, especially with the way things work in Africa, it's all about word of mouth. You know, it's all about sharing, uh, you know, sharing information and then sharing the fact that my dad is missing. And then, you know, eventually someone will hear and someone will know something. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Does it concern you that your your mom and you know, none of you are there but to share by word of mouth? Um, I mean, that was one of the the factors that we, I mean, contemplated when we decided to, you know, like move my mom home. Mm-hmm. But we kind of decided that Molly is, I mean, quite a good distance away from this area. Mm-hmm. And so there isn't anything that we could do there that we wouldn't be able to do here. I see. Okay. Okay. And do you still have, um, I mean, the the aviation company is still working? Yep, they're still working. Um, They've hit, you know, a couple bumps in the road. Um, My dad was, I mean, he was the head of the company and how, like, he ran it and that kind of stuff. So they had to, you know, hire someone else to do it and, my dad had his computer with him, which pretty much had, you know, all the information on how he did everything. Oops. Um, and so, yeah, that, you know, was in their predicament. Um, but they're still running and they still have, you know, the same companies with them um, that are chartering the planes that they've had. So so we're thankful for that. And are they um, are they still kind of your contact for the search there? Uh, not really, to be honest. Um, I mean, it, I guess the search really hasn't, Molly hasn't been, you know, crucial in, in, um, like finding information. And Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a couple pilots we talk to on a fairly regular basis, um, to see, you know, if they've, if they've heard anything, but I mean, for the most part, no. Mm -hmm. And do you have a kind of a point person there? Do you have someone that's still seeking information and not really once again um i mean the the company um isn't i guess faith-based um so that was one of the hard things i guess being there was that my mom was continually surrounded by rational pilots who don't believe (laughs) in uh, miracles necessarily um and so yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm not sure what the number is of, you know, pilots that still believe my dad's alive. There is, I mean, there are some that mm-hmm. we were, you know, in communication with. But, yeah, I mean, I would say any searching that happens, I mean, it's done It's done by my family. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, again, I want to direct all of our listeners to um, either follow you on Facebook or subscribe on the website so that, they see the updates and so that they continue um, in prayer support and expand the prayer support for you, for your family, for Jerry. Um, can you give us both of those again? Yeah, the Facebook page, um, it's just Find Jerry. And then the website is www.findjerry.com. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, I mean, I think the people that are praying. And the community of support we've had through this are are crucial to, I mean, bringing my dad home. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Jessica, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show this morning for, you know, just sharing this just powerful story, this, this incredible journey, and also for, you know, being an inspiration to all of our listeners um, because your, your powerful faith is, I think, probably the, the whole point of the story. I mean, <laughs> I mean God's, God's got something planned up his sleeve and I'm just the tool he's using, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, so many times when I've listened to, you know, published stories or read uh, a book of someone who's gone through um, a, a challenge such as this of, you know, being a missionary, being somewhere, um, being in a, a place that perhaps is a little hostile and, and then the journey you know, the, an abduction or, a, um, you know, some kind of a physical challenge. And, and you know, in the book, okay, you know, if it's an audio, I listen to it in a few hours and it's done. But mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, it, it, when you're in the midst of this process, of course, the real time is long or feels yeah. so <laughs> long. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess what I would want to do is to encourage you that while the the moments seem long, um, it just, it, you know, as I've followed you, as I've listened to you talk today, and also as I've, you know, read the blogs and those kinds of things, it just, you know, it has that feel of one of those books that, you know, has, yeah, he's, he's coming home. And it's, you know, I mean, it, yeah. it's just one of those, like, yeah. He'll be home. I I don't know when, but he'll be home. Um, it, and so you know, I think it's it's very powerful that you have documented it, even though you were resistant to it. I think it's very powerful that you have documented it, that you continue to reach out and request prayer support, and that you know some little piece of information, however small, you follow up on. Yeah. I mean, God's evidently at work in this, so yeah, you know, we're just waiting for for Him to come home. Okay. Well, thank you so much again, Jessica, for being on the show. And Thanks for inviting me. Mm-hmm. And now, for our listeners, this is a powerful message for you. Take this today. Make it a great day. You deserve it. Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week.